The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into a wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by, that, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. How are you? Tired. That's great. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sometimes we're tired. You all heard about the, uh, the fundraiser that we're doing with John's Meals? Yeah. yeah. Do you know why we're doing a fundraiser? It's to raise money and all that kind of good stuff. But why don't we just give the money and be done with it? Ah, that's the question. Sometimes whether we're young or old or anywhere in between, we just get a little uninspired. It's hard to have energy to do stuff, right? When you're tired, is it easy to get up in the morning? Nope. When you're tired, is it easy to be excited about stuff? Well, sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we're a little uninspired to do the things that we want to do. And, <laughs> oh, excuse me. In today's lesson... Jesus is doing something for us. Now, it doesn't say that. It just looks like Jesus and the devil are talking back and forth, right? Three times, the devil says, hey, Jesus, I've got an idea. And then he tells him some really bad idea, like make these stones into bread or jump off the top of the church or, hey, I got an idea. If you worship me, bad idea, I'm going to give you everything you ever want, right? All bad ideas. And Jesus says no. But Jesus also says no because of the things that God does for us. God feeds us. 
God cares for us. God always, always uses everything God has to care for creation. Today's lesson is all about Jesus having a voice speaking up when things get a little bit backwards. Jesus has that same voice for us when we're uninspired, when we're tired, when we don't want to do the things that we might have to do. Jesus has a voice that helps us be excited about the things that we're doing again. Throughout my life, I've needed to hear Jesus' voice over and over and over again in order to help some of the things that I might believe about myself or about others, and I believe them wrongly. So I want to share with you one of the most consistent things that Jesus has had said to me and one of the most consistent things that Jesus has said about others. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You are good. 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 Now sometimes I mess up. I think you do too. Sometimes you're told that you're being wrong or you're being bad or all kinds of things. And sometimes I even started to believe that about myself. But here's the thing, even when we mess up and even when we're wrong, you're still good. You're still good. And you are loved and you are so, so, so worth everything. You're good. Jesus has a voice that tells us the things we need to hear even when we might not believe them about ourselves or about others. Jesus has a voice that helps us be inspired about ourselves and about others. So here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to look in the mirror each day. I want you to say, you are good to yourself. I also want you to find one other person to say you are good too. You are good. Now you don't have to do it as weird as I just did it. <laughs> but try. If you want to help out with the red beans and rice, that'd be cool. And I think that's a really cool way of saying to our neighbors that we don't even get to meet directly that you are good. But however you want to go about this, I want you to hear that voice of Jesus. All right? Should we say a prayer? Let's pray. God, in this world, we hear so many different things and we start to believe them. Help us to hear your voice clearly through it all. Help us to hear your voice as it tells us that we are good, as it tells us that we are loved, as it tells us so many gentle and powerful things that we need to hear. Help us to share that message with ourselves and with somebody else and with the whole world this week. 
keep telling us these things and help us to hear them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we have a snack. Okay. In the name of Jesus, amen. The lectionary has a three-year cycle. How many of you knew that? Cool. That's always so many more than I figured would actually know that. The lectionary has a three-year cycle. We are in year A. That doesn't really matter, except for in year A, in Lent, we have traditional texts, texts that were used for centuries by people who were preparing for baptism. These catechumens, catechumenates, would study these texts would be shaped by these texts throughout Lent. And then at Easter, they would be submerged, drowned, and raised again in the waters of baptism. The texts that we have each Sunday are these baptismal texts. And with that lens, and even without that lens, but with that lens in front of us, I've found in preparing for this season that these texts are deeply personal. These are texts that talk about who we are. These are texts that speak honestly about our human condition, our human experience. These are texts that are gentle and forceful at the same time. These are texts of foundation and identity. I have found a double move inside these texts. I find that these texts act like both a mirror that we gaze into and a voice that is very important to that mirror. If we're using baptismal imagery, I find that these texts are like looking down at the waters of baptism and seeing your own reflection, exactly who you are with nothing being hidden. And these texts are also the voice of God in word, in the body, in the presider, speaking the words of love to you, even as you see your reflection. Let's start with the mirror. The mirror of this text is that we see ourselves in it, don't we? As Jesus goes about these miraculous things, the first thing that I think of is, wow, I wish I could do that, right? I wish I could resist the devil and all the forces that defy God in the powerful and seemingly easy way that Jesus does. And I think that's a really good thing to wish and to strive for. But the mirror part of this text is that eventually we take account of how we're doing. I'll tell you what, The mirror is a little odd when we go through that practice. It starts off with Jesus fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And already, I'm not quite there. (laughs) I enjoy eating a lot in every sense of all of those words. 
But then when the devil says, you know, Jesus, how about you turn these stones into bread? I think about all the times that I take the things that I have and I use them for me. I take the things that are in front of me and I turn them inward. I see the stones that are around and I see the things that are around my house and my life and I say, of course these are used for me. And my answer doesn't sound quite like Christ's. And then, when Christ is taken to the top of the temple and said, why don't you jump off? I think of all the times that I test God. I think of the ways that I test God, test God's mercy and God's forgiveness. I think of the way that I test God's patience. I think of the way that I test God's action Asking God to do the work that I know I have been called to do. Asking God to be the presence I know I should be. Asking God to do the things that I said I would do. And my answer doesn't seem like Christ's. And finally, when... When Christ is taken to a high point and promised all the power of the world, I cannot help but understand that I crave control. That I want control. That I want my way. That I want that I want these things. Standing before this text is like standing before a mirror. And sometimes I feel better about the mirror. Sometimes I feel worse about the mirror. That's how mirrors work. You know this, don't you? It's not uncommon for us to have body issues when we look into a mirror. But also, along with the mirror, are emotional issues and self-esteem issues, self-identity issues, Issues of emotion and of spirit, even of society. Which is why we need the second motion. It's why we need the voice of God with us when we stand in front of this mirror. Because here in this text, Christ is doing something for us. Christ is, yes, giving a corrective voice to these moments. One does not live by bread alone. Do not put the Lord your God to a test. Get away from me. But Christ is also, Christ is also bringing a corrective voice to us when we fail. This text always is viewed through the cross. Every text is viewed through the cross. And on that cross we have God's motion towards the ones who are failing in this mirror. God's motion towards the one who see themselves clearly in this mirror. God's motion towards us as we stand. And that is a motion of love and of caring 
and of deep, deep self-sacrifice for you because you're worth it. Because you're loved. Because no matter what happened in that garden, no one, no one gets to call God's creation anything but good. You are good. You are good. Whatever you see in the mirror, God's voice comes through clearly and firmly to say you are loved and good. This is one of the foundational parts of our faith. In a world that cries out evil, in a world that is so tempted, in a world of so many voices, the foundational part of our faith is that all of creation along with us and all of our struggles and exactly who we are are good. Yes, struggling, good. Yes, tempted, good. This week, whenever you look in a mirror, whether you see yourself as you're driving or you're brushing your teeth or anything else, I want you to hear that voice. You are good. No matter what you're saying about yourself and no matter what others say about you, Know that this goes for your neighbors as well. But hear it for you this week. God be with you. Amen.